Welcome to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in McKeesport, PA, the friendly church in the heart of town since 1885. We're located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport. We invite you to join us this Sunday for worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Our celebrant was the Reverend David Kinsey. Our guest organist today was Elizabeth LaRue. Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to John. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you or to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there, there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw out some and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. 
number of weeks ago when I was making up the various titles uh, for the message, I had to ask myself the question that I ask you. Do you remember your first miracle? And I really couldn't remember, even though I've had hundreds of miracles in my life, the more I thought about it, I thought, wait a minute. The greatest miracle I ever had was my mother. She formed me into something that God could use. And so that was my first miracle, and I thank God for her. The gospel today is rather interesting. It was Jesus' first miracle at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. For those ladies here who have been married or were married, it was that moment in your life when you planned the most glorious day of your life. There was the invitations and then who, who shall be my bride, bridesmaid and who shall be invited. And that process would take two, three, four, five, six, seven months. It was a glorious moment in your life. And I say it's a women remember it most because men just come uh, and they go to the wedding and they leave. Uh, but it's a woman who spends all that time just for something that lasts for about an hour. The biggest wedding I ever officiated at was at the St. Clair Country Club by a very wealthy individual. His his uh, entertainment was the Pittsburgh Symphony. Probably had 500 guests. And he said to me later, his name is Charlie, and he said, you know, Dave, he said, I, I really got off good on that. It only cost me $75 a plate. His wedding must have cost a quarter million dollars, but he had that kind of money to have limousines going everywhere. But marriage today was a lot different than it was back in Jesus' time. Marriage today, I just read a statistic, 66% of the households today, 66% are with blended families. In other words, there are stepchildren and first or second or third wives or spouses. Uh, and, and, and the family unit seems to have kind of just disappeared. Uh, I knew one lady very well who uh, told me that she was very excited that she was going to get married. It was her second marriage, uh, and she dated this guy for I don't know how many months, and they went on their honeymoon, which was seven days. They came home on the seventh night. Seventh night. The next morning she was down making breakfast, and he came down and he said, you know, I just realized I don't even love you. And he left. <coughs> uh, people today look at marriage as, well, ho-hum, if it works, fine. If it doesn't, that's fine, too. And that's a sad commentary. Now, back in Jesus' time, uh, you, you're going to love this one. <laughs> back in Jesus' time, do you know how long a wedding would last? Seven days. It wasn't something you did in an hour. It's seven days long. Now, if you, if, if you put your math together, there were six jars of 30 gallons each. That's 130, 
six times gallons of wine. Uh, that's a lot of wine. Now, it said that Jesus came late. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know whether he came at, uh, uh, in the afternoon of the first day or the morning of the second day or the afternoon of the third. I don't know. And it doesn't say that, but that, that's really not important. The interesting thing was Jesus' mother was there, and probably because of her influence, she said to her son, why don't you come to this wedding? And so he came to the wedding with his disciples. And that's, it's interesting, that was, the, that was the first time I think the disciples really believed that he was the Messiah. Because when he turned that water into wine, it says, and they believed in him. Now the interesting thing about the mother, Mary was a typical mother. They ran out of wine, so that's why I think he probably came the second or third day. They ran out of wine, and the other thing was interesting, the wine store said, normally you serve the best wine first, and then once everybody's drunk, they don't care, so you bring out the junk later. But you saved the best wine till later. And so that was, I thought that was kind of amusing. But, but Mary, seeing the situation, went right to her son, and she knew who her son was. Not because he was her son. He knew, he, she knew that he was the Messiah. And she said, Jesus. Now, if, if, you, if, if, if I were writing that today, I'd, I'd say, Mom, stifle yourself. And that's, that's basically what Jesus said. Mother, that is not my concern, nor is it your concern. But then Jesus turned around and he said uh, to the, the chief steward, fill those six jars with 20 or 30 gallons of water. And they did, and he created his first miracle, the Cana of Galilee. One of the things that frustrates me as a priest is the freedom that people have to invite Jesus Christ into their situation. Whether it's into their house, whether it's into their hearts, we just, we have, I think we, we don't feel worthy to invite Jesus Christ into our heart. And that's exactly why Jesus Christ exists. That's exactly why God exists. He wants invited into your presence. And once he is in your presence, he will take your despair and turn it into success. He will take your sadness and turn it into joy. He will take your problem on himself and open doors for you to walk through. That's the joy of having Jesus Christ in your heart. 79 years ago, there was a little girl born and when the little girl turned to the age of six, her mother packaged up a suitcase and took this little girl to her grandmother, which was her mother's. And she said to the, her mother, I want you to take her. I don't want her anymore. 
Now, can you imagine a mother taking her child, her only child, and just saying, I don't want you anymore. I, in my wildest imagination, but that's what happened to this little girl. Thank God the grandmother adored this little girl. And she raised this little girl. When the girl became about 14, her mother, who had never talked to her in all those years, called her mother and said, I'm going to come over and visit Pat. And so she told this little girl, the grandmother told this little girl, now, your mother's coming over to visit with you. And the little girl said, shall I call her mother? And the grandmother said, you don't have to call her anything, just be polite. And so she got her all dressed up in this little outfit, and the mother came into the home with her boyfriend. And uh, during the course of their meeting, the mother made a corrective statement to this little girl. And the grandmother said, don't you tell that little girl anything corrective-wise that is my little child now. You gave her up. The next time that little girl saw her mother, her mother was in the casket. Now, that particular rejection in the life of that little girl molded Pat into a very, very bitter woman. I came to know her about 30 years ago, maybe longer than that, and her husband. Her husband turned out to be one of my very best friends. Uh, I was at a big banquet in which her husband was the chief executive officer, and they were honoring him with about 500 men at the embassy suites uh, out by the airport. The time was 5 p.m. The day was February 19th. I was standing in this room together with three or four other individuals, including his brother. And prior to that, as Ray was going around visiting the various units, clubs, and caravans, and he said to me, this is the happiest day of my life. Now, he was able to control Pat. I mean, when, when he said, Pat, she, she just shut down. As I was standing there at 5 o'clock, kind of going over the agenda of what was going to happen, he put his head back, fell forward, and died. There were two men that did everything they could to, uh, to give mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, but I knew that when he hit that floor, the grave was gone. And so it was up to me to start the banquet without him. I called my wife and said, go pick up Pat. 
bring her out to the embassy suites and the police escort took them to the hospital. And then about an hour later during the banquet, I announced that he had died. We kind of adopted this lady and we took her everywhere. One of the funny stories, I had a pet name for her that I can't tell you because it's not biblical. <laughs> we, uh, I went to the uh, a country club, and, and when you, for the golfers here, you know, there's always a place you pull up that says, drop your bags here. When I pulled up, there were these two ladies that said, get out. <laughs> Pat, I could make Pat laugh. <laughs> that I could do. But she was such a bitter woman. Pat believed that God dealt her a bad hand. And if you know people that like that, your prayer, as was for me with Pat, is to pray that somehow God will pierce their hardened hearts. And for whatever reason, Pat would never go to church with us. I, I've done hundreds of funerals and memorial service, and she would never go to a funeral home. She would never go to a memorial service because I think she was afraid to invite Jesus Christ into her heart. Pat was one of those persons that lived her life out loud. If she liked you, she would tell you she liked you and she would show it that she liked you. If she did not like you, she would tell you why she did not like you. And if you didn't like her, that's, she didn't care. And that part of her I admired. But the part that really worried me was the fact that she was living this absolutely miserable life blaming everything on somebody. It just so happens that she had two uncles. And the uncles saw the, the, the trauma of her life. And they had such a compassion for this little girl that was just rejected. And by the grace of God, when the two of those uncles passed, they left her $1 million. But it is, even with that money, and it never changed her, even with all that money, she never changed. She, was, she became very, very bitter, even though we would take her places all the time, go out to dinner with her and spend a lot of time with her. It was Peggy's best friend, if you told Pat something in confidence, she would take it to her grave. That was a good part of her. But the part that I just could never understand, and I've talked to her about this privately, why don't you invite Jesus Christ into your life, Pat? What are you afraid of? And she was jumping, nah, I don't need that. I mean, that was, that was basically her hand, nah, I don't need that either. She died yesterday. And I'll be doing her funeral uh, Tuesday evening. And it kind of frustrates me that I see people 
in my daily life that are hurting? How hard is it to say, Jesus Christ, I need you. I, 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 just, I just can't get along. I need you. Jesus may not answer your prayers, but you made that invitation. And his answer, as I've told you before, is one of three things. Yes, no, or wait. And sometimes that waiting is very frustrating when you have all sorts of pain in your body. But if you have faith and you have a health problem, God will give you the faith to endure whatever you have. And that's a joy of having Jesus Christ in your life. It's not a big deal. You don't have to come to the altar and kneel. You don't have to get down prostrate on the floor. All you have to do is say, Jesus Christ, I invite you to be my Lord, my Savior. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift we thank you for the gift that we are one to another we thank you for the grace that you give to us so freely we pray your blessings upon our lives as we continue our earthly pilgrimage in your precious name we pray amen You've been listening to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport since 1885. Heard today were the Reverend David Kinsey and our church choir under the direction of Georgia Labetta. Our guest organist today was Elizabeth LaRue. We invite you to join us for Sunday worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.